Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Brad Thorne, who's the head coach of the Reds in Rugby Union in Australia. He's played for the Broncos. He's played for the All Blacks. He's played all over the place. We're going to hear a bit of his story today. Uh, welcome along, Brad. Tell us where, where were you born and raised, mate? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm from New Zealand. I was born in a town called Moscow which was next to Dunedin, and um, um, I sort of uh, grew up there until I was five years old in uh, New Zealand. I moved to a country area near Queenstown over there uh, called Cromwell um, towards nine, and yeah, and then we made the big move over to Australia as a family. Good stuff, mate. Well, I've, I've looked up uh, a bit of your, your details here, and I see you're born on the 3rd of February 1975, that is 10 days before I was born, mate. So we're, we're almost the same age, brother. Can you believe it, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, um, yeah, it was a good year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a bit of uh, your upbringing. Did you have a religious upbringing at all? Uh, yeah, we're in New Zealand. Um, we attended church and um, I used to go to, I go to like um, school holidays and I go to a Christian camp and my, my dad help with the youth group and um, you know, as a yeah really I love yeah, Sunday school I love Jesus and um, you know, yeah there was a, there was a faith there for our family and did you always believe or was there a time when you, you strayed away from the Lord um, yeah so we when we moved to Australia um, we attended a church um, but we didn't really I guess us kids or mum and dad didn't feel that comfortable there and unfortunately um, we you know, mum and dad stopped persevering and we stopped going to church so we ended up turning into um, turning up on Christmas Day or Easter or whatever so yeah it wasn't until my mum and dad uh, twice um, around maybe 16 or so that some neighbour neighbours down three houses down moved down and they were Christians and actually invited my mum and dad to church, which is the one that I, I still go to this day. So uh, that was them getting back there. My brother, um, a friend at school who um, was a Christian, and he actually invited him to his church. And, um, and my brother, uh, you know, had really turned away. He was, he was actually an atheist at that stage, um, committed himself to the Lord, and then finally there was me and... Um, yeah, my journey was a bit longer than that, but it wasn't until my early 20s when I came to faith. The Lord was always there for me, but yeah, it wasn't until I was about 20, just turning 23 where I submitted my life to the Lord. And tell us what happened when you, you committed your life to the Lord. Were you, were you uh, playing footy at the time? How did it happen? In New Zealand, I grew up playing rugby. I didn't really know much about league or whatever. Moved to Australia and went to a state school in Brisbane on the north side. And 
the guys played uh, AFL, which I'd never heard of at school, but they, after, for club they played league. So what what your mates do, you tend to end up doing. So I went and played league. Yeah, as the years progressed, um, I, I guess I did uh, improve with my league and I got signed up by the Broncos at 17. Um, by 19, I was playing uh, NRL, uh, first grade, and uh, 20, by 21, I was playing State of Origin and, and um, Australia sort of followed after that. So, yeah, that was pretty much my dream as a kid to, to sort of achieve those sort of things. Um, you know, I bought a house, I had a car, sponsored car with Panama, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, a lot more uh, money available, um, a lot of getting patted on the back and wasn't really handling it well either. Um, you know, a lot of binge drinking and I guess the stuff that goes along with that, you know. Probably uh, around my around that time, 22, when I really started to think about I uh, had all this stuff that I dreamed of having. I was pretty much living the dream, but I, you know, I felt a real lack of fulfillment, a purpose, and felt an emptiness, and probably a bit of a sadness. And some of the stuff I was, you know, the behaviour I was doing, you know, basically from the booze carrying on, and I really started to think about uh, God. I guess in those wee hours in the morning, when you have, you know, times where you think and whatever, I uh, made a Australian. In 1997, um, we had a good tour to Great Britain, and my uh, one of my teammates is Jason Stevens, uh, who was a paper canola, uh, but he was a Christian, and we were both in the front row together, and um, we roomed together, and um, <clears throat> on tour, he really stood out uh, from everyone else. Um, yeah, he was just doing his thing, and. He should have wasn't doing it. You know, he wasn't getting boozed and carrying on and stuff. And um, he just seemed to have a real integrity about him. I knew he was a Christian, and I talked to him. And um, uh, the big thing, I'm up to a bit of a long story, but uh, I said to him, uh, you know, I like Christians. One day, uh, you know, perhaps when I'm an old, old person, or something, I'll be one when I'm a nice guy, but I'm, I'm a bit of a loose cannon. I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know, when I change one day, I'll, you know, I'll be a Christian. That's when he said, you know, the Lord needs to change it. You know, Jesus needs, is the only one who can change it. Um, and um, we've all sinned. You need to, um, you know, you need to bring that to the Lord. Um, you know, pay the price for that sin on the cross. And you need to repent for that and invite the Lord into your life. And um, so, you know, the Lord changes you, as in how I saw things where I was going to change. I went home from that tour, took that on board um, for a couple of months and probably got even worse. (laughs) And and with my stuff, I guess my behaviour and stuff, and I got to a day where I I just went, right, I'm I'm, going to, you know, give what Jason said a crack, so... I said a prayer um, in my house. I got down on my knees um, because that's what we'd you know, done as a kid with my mom praying or whatever. Um, and I said, Jesus, if you're there, I don't know if you're there or not, but um, you know, um, please, you know, I've done some stuff that's not so you know, 
Anyway, not, not so bad or whatever, but uh, please forgive me for the things I've done. And please come, you know, come into my life, change my life. Yeah, it was interesting saying a prayer in my room. Uh, there wasn't like a light or anything. Um, but I got up. I just thought that, yeah, I'll just keep it to myself. I didn't want to be someone who said, oh, I'm a Christian now. And then I was carrying on again. Um, yeah, over the next couple of months, I really noticed change. Inside me, um, probably a focus in the past of being all about me. Uh, people sort of came distant second, didn't really think much about the Lord uh, or God. I started to, um, from that time, really started, God became more important in my life. Uh, people became a whole lot more important, and then, uh, and then there was myself. So things sort of turned around a bit in that way. I had a real, uh, got a real hunger to read. My um, Bible to know about the Lord, and that impacted on me greatly. I spent, you know, obviously, uh, at going along the church, being around other Christians, being encouraged, hearing the word taught uh, in church. It was quite a change for me. And it was probably a couple months after that time where, you know, I had. Guys in the team noticing there was change, which felt uncomfortable because I like just um, sitting in and whatever. Uh, they'll ask, you know, what's going on with Thorny? You know, things have changed for him. Um, but, you know, and maybe it wasn't that popular to be a Christian <laughs> in the team at that time. You know, when I've looked back on that, it's actually a really good thing that that happened because uh, it meant that I, I had to stand, step up or, or back away and uh, I believe the Lord had come into my life and um, and things had changed for me. And, and if it wasn't popular, so be it. Um, I think it helped refine me, helped me grow my faith. If it had been easier, maybe I would have been more fluffy around it. Or you know, I just think uh, that was something that was that was probably uncomfortable, not fun of you know getting a bit of lip or cheek about being a Christian, but it was uh, good for me. What I found over time was there was uh, through my actions and my words, uh, you know, I got respect um, amongst my team around my faith, and you know, I enjoyed my footy. So yeah, long story. Well, mate, it's so good to hear about uh, you know what what a great story of Jason Stevens uh, speaking into your life and. Uh, encouraging you, you know, as a fellow player. I've interviewed Jason before, and um, he's got a great testimony as well. Isn't it great to hear that there's some some well-known footy players that have uh, been been outspoken for their faith? Um, and now you're coaching the Reds, and you're in, you're involved in uh, in rugby. Uh, tell us a bit about is there is there any kind of uh, chaplains or you know Christians that uh, you know meet together in in, uh, in rugby union that you're able to work with? We have uh, Andy Gould, he's sort of chaplains a little bit for us. He's the head of Red Frogs. We have an involvement with him, but we have Christians in the team and um, they can meet. You know, I've met with the guys uh, different times and, and um, you know, there's times when, when the guys might look at something from the Bible, have a prayer or whatever. Um, the guys around the game will often honour God before they play. Uh, and as you see on the field, uh, sometimes the teams will do it, have a prayer together after the game. But um, it's it's really cool. There's been a lot of talk about the Israel Folau situation. You got any comments or thoughts on that? 
Yeah, you've got to be, um, uh, it's probably one to stay away from. Uh, you know, <laughs> anyone that comments on it, it's, it's, um, seems to, uh, cause a lot of stir, but, um, you know, that's, that's getting played out, isn't it? And, mm. Um, Israel, um, you know, seems to have a real love for the Lord and he's, um, he feels strongly about, um, you know, his position and, and, um, rugby Australia, you know, uh, strong around their position, and uh, I guess that's why it's going to um, to where it's going to. And mm. there'll, there'll be a they'll, they'll make a call on that. Mm. Um, but I can say Israel's, you know, from knowing him, he's he's a he's a really good guy. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll see where that gets to. Absolutely, mate. Now, before we go, uh, I always like to ask our guests a bit about their personal time with God. So do you have like a daily reading plan that you have or do you just open the Bible randomly? Uh, what, what do you do for your devotion? For me, um, I like to try and read the Bible and, and have a prayer each day. And on, on a day in the week, I, I sort of have another prayer where I, I sort of pray for people you know, that, you know, that you know or who are ill or whatever, but when I read the Bible, um, the thing I've done for many, many years is sort of like it started where I just I read a chapter of the Old and a chapter of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Genesis first chapter and then Matthew first chapter, and then um, I'll I'll have a chapter, read a chapter of the Old chapter and then I'll have so I'll hear from God first, and then yeah, I just go on and on and on. So obviously. I finish the New Testament before the Old, so then I go back to the starting of the New again. <laughs> mm. And then the Old Old Testament's a lot bigger, obviously a lot more books. But I get to the end of the Old Testament, I go back to the start again. So I just keep going over and over and over. Um, and, yeah, uh, it's, I really enjoy that. I learn a lot from reading the Bible. And the thing that's interesting is maybe the next time I read say the same thing I've read I might be a different doing something different obviously a different time in my life I might get something different out of it or or you know something might stand out to me um, from God's word so that's one of the ways I do it good on you mate well it's great to hear your testimony today and I know that uh, you've been uh, you know, you spoke at uh, God's Sports Arena with Bill Hunter, who used to be the chaplain at the Broncos. I know you spoke there recently, and I know you've you've been very much involved with Red Frogs, and you you get out and do other uh, events for uh, for Christians in sport. It's uh, great to see you standing up for your faith. Thanks for sharing your story, Brad. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations. 
bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.